The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medianomics, a show that is designed to give you real-world solutions, like the book It Ain't Gonna Happen. It's uh, what good is it to give you spiritual philosophies without giving you practical solutions on how to put that into your physical daily life, and that is the purpose of Radio Wave Medianomics. Uh, a friend of Medjugorje will be speaking uh, in the Houston area for those of you within driving distance uh, tomorrow and Saturday, that's the 12th and the 13th, and we'll give a little more details on that before the end of the broadcast today. And so now, your host of Radio Wave Medianomics, a friend of Medjugorje. I'd like to start off addressing everybody who lives in England. What's going on, people might be asking themselves, why is this happening? Do you ask yourself Why? There's many explanations for this and that, but nobody's really telling the truth. Oh, they're accurate in their saying that the situation is because of these people or this or this situation or because there's no money or because uh, no jobs or they're depraved people, all which is true, but it's not the reason for it to be happening. Because it's not legal, and, it's, and you won't learn the truth because it's not legal to say it in England. Everyone's silent. Fourteen years ago, I spoke in England about ice messages. and was walking in London away from Buckingham Palace. It was apparition time, so we were looking for a place to do the rosary for apparition rosary. We couldn't find a Catholic church, so we found an Ang Anglican church. We walked inside, walked into the back, found a place popped down in like a little booth they had off to the side. We began the rosary. A priest came by, hanging a priest and stared at us very strangely because they were having a sympathy in there. They were so tickets and they were playing musical instruments and they were playing this concert. 
toward the front, which I was a little bit surprised by that. But all the while, we kept hearing this noise from downstairs while we did the whole rosary. And afterwards, and we finished the rosary, did our intentions to Our Lady. At the same moment, she comes to earth in Medjugorje. And we went downstairs where all the noise was coming from to see what was going on. And we saw a restaurant, very busy, down inside the church crypt. All the tables and chairs, as well as the people there patronizing the restaurant, had their feet on the graves, the dates, the names of those who were buried there. There's other rooms down there in the crypt. They had bookstores in there, gift shops, and all these things. And I confronted one of the clerks on what's going on. Because I'm shocked seeing this, because my parents have always taught me the cemetery is sacred. You don't walk on people's graves. Yet they were laughing and cutting up. And so when I confronted this book clerk, after I saw some books that were in abominable books, actually in the promotion of abominable lifestyles, asking about that, they just smiled. And she said, yes, that was the answer. She had no comprehension of logic. The people there were like people who you raise a protest to and they answer yes. And if you raise about the same thing, a positive statement in support of, they say yes. It's like talking to a drone. No objection in these people. They just, yeah, this is yes. But I don't like this. Yes. Oh, I like this. Yes. It's my, it was mind boggling. When we went back upstairs, we read on the church bulletin about an advertisement for a conference that the church was holding there for a bishop who was coming from Scotland who would be hosting this conference for abominable lifestyles for the rights for new laws to be passed. And people were being asked out of love to open their homes, the parishioners were, for the many people who would be attending this great event. People of England, if you want to know why your streets are filled with wicked people, get your Bible, read Romans chapter 1, verses 18, 32. If it's hard for you to remember that, if you're not where you can write down this at this moment, it's Romans. Just remember the Bible, book of Romans. Remember the first chapter, chapter 1. And remember 18 to 32. Part of that says, they certainly had knowledge of God, yet they did not glorify Him as God or give Him thanks. They sullified themselves through speculating to no purpose, and their senseless hearts were darkened. The Church of England, I thought, was dying back 14 years ago. When I left there, I knew it was dead. Yes, it's dead. And since that time, 14 years ago, we've seen huge splits in it. Those who wanted to live separated from it. This is not just tangible. This is directly connected to those riots in the streets now of what's happening. Nobody's telling you that. Because there's tolerance. The Christians and the good people in England. Well, I can't say anything. I was at a restaurant two years ago in Medjugorje with some England, English friends from England. They asked me about something. I answered it about bondable lifestyles. They said, if you, if you say that in England, you're going to jail. I said, I guess I won't be going to England then. Or if I do, I'll go to jail because I'm not going to not say it. What have you done to yourself? You sullified yourself. Your hearts are senseless. You've darkened yourself. That's why our lady's coming and trying to get you to wake up and see. Oh, yes, there's legitimate things. These people without jobs, they're doing this and they're doing that. They're a bunch of gangsters. They're mobsters. They're non-believers. Oh, sure it is. But what gave birth to that? A holy church would never allow that to take place. If a few people in Rome 2,000 years ago can conquer pagan Rome 
by their holiness. If you were living holy in the way you're supposed to, how did you decrease from that with many people? Think about this. That's the problem. Nobody's thinking. They're just saying, yes, yes. You're drones. Or he's come to wake us up, make us realize why is these things happening? No one's connecting to the real source of the problem. They're only connecting to the issues. And they don't go beyond that. Not your news, not your talk show host. Nobody goes beyond it. The conditions of the USA with our biggest armament is our economic and prosperity that God blessed us with. And we ourselves here doing walking the same path as England. In sin you lose God in his blessing. And so now we're in the stages of losing the blessing and we're explaining this has to happen, this situation, we gotta have a debt, we gotta pay it down. People Wake up. You're not going to fix it. Because you don't have to fix it. It's self-correcting. That's God's business, the prosperity of you. And he does it when his people live the commandments. Romans chapter 1, 1832, the 32nd verse says, They know God's just decrees. That all who do such things desires de deserves death, yet they not only do them, but they approve them in others. This was England's hat. They were tolerating this stuff. Even the people weren't for it. Well, who am I to say people can't choose their lifestyle? You're the guardian of the culture. You're Christian. We didn't have laws against these things. Without looking at an example of what happened to Sodom, without knowing that if we don't pass laws to stop this, not just letting laws to allow it, or not look the other way and say, well, you know, what can I say? If that's him, I, that's not, I, not, I don't want to be that. But the, it's garbage. You protect your children, don't you? If you've got to protect your children, you've got to protect the culture. Because your children live in the culture. That's why they just said August 2nd. I want you to be born a new people. A people of God. But we're not of God. We're a people that are not protected by our ornaments anymore. As our way of life is not only protecting us from the street mobs or anything else. We're not being protected by the fake money or the fiat money monsters. Just like the streets of England with those mobs. They have a heyday with us. We're losing everything. And it's destroying the way of life as we've known it. Which we're going to see in the future is going to be a good thing. It's not pleasant. Before anesthesia, it wasn't pleasant to pull a tooth that was hurting you and aching you and giving you throbbing migraine headaches. And you had to go through a peak of pain to get rid of it and then it subsides for God to pull a tooth of the right culture out of our lives is not going to be pleasant because we've gotten used to it we've gotten accustomed to it we're soft we don't have the fiber of the early Christians to go into the Colosseum and say take my life because I'll not deny Jesus correct the economy because I won't participate in this usury and pull everything we don't have the fiber to do that so we extend the debt, we elongate things, we push it off, it gets higher and higher up above the steps before the cliff hits, but at some point, it's going to crash. And it was a good thing that God postponed for decades the crash, in this case, the flood, so that Noah had the time to build his ark. What are you doing now? I got a letter, a couple of maybe a month or so, maybe further back, about you're doing wrong telling people to cash out their 401ks. Ludicrous. 
People lost trillions of dollars in the last few days. Cash it out. Get it. If you only get a quarter of it, at least you got it and you put it into several, the round, several rounds we talk about. That's your investment to make. Both in people's conversion to the miraculous metal on that round and for your own investment. It's not blasphemy to do so. It's good to do so. Seek first God's kingdom, his righteousness, everything give, be given to you besides. What that does for you is to preserve your thing in a holy way. God knows, needs, God knows that you need the means of exchange. So through fake money and the mobsters there, the street people and, and the mobs in England, it's because we've abandoned God. And as our life has been destroyed, destroyed as we know it, it's because we've been abandoned by God as He's shown it. And as the lady said, August 2nd, a people who knows that they have lost God, they have lost themselves. How does it start? Not living the Sabbath. It's a commandment. Can any one of the Ten Commandments send you to hell for violations? You say, you mean if I go out on Sunday and eat ice cream and pay somebody else, I could send me to hell? Yes! How? Because you don't stop there. You fall through small things. And from there, the culture gets rotten. Sunday led to the Sabbath being violated in great ways. That's how you go to hell through it. One infraction may seem minor, but it doesn't stop at that. Especially when you rationalize it's okay, then why is it okay for something else? Something else. If the Christians don't live the Sabbath, why should the depraved, the bondables, think it's not okay to do what they want to do? You stop them when you live the details. And when you don't, they don't live the broad range of things. They do what Romans says. They do the unseemly. That doesn't even make sense what they do. And we're so weak, you're scared to talk it down. You're scared to condemn it. Because you said God said, don't condemn. Nobody's condemning where they're going to go in heaven or hell. But you can't condemn the sin. Do you get that? Do you understand that? You want to stop the mobs, you condemn the sin. You can't stop it until you change yourself. And until that happens, nothing else has changed. And I tell you, our lady gave a message It said, That even if we convert, it relays, even if we convert, that, there's, that we've gone too far, basically. We've got some atoning to do. So we're not going to change things around. And our world's closing in on it as we know it. And if you're one of those good ones in England who has changed, who's following Our Lady, who's doing everything he can, who's rejecting these things, and I know recently there was a priest that said something from the pulpit in Medjugorje denouncing the abominations that's happening in especially Europe and the lifestyles. And somebody stood up and challenged them. This person is going to Medjugorje. I'm not talking about you, that kind of Medjugorje person in England or the United States or anywhere else in Europe or, or the world. If you're for it, you're in trouble. You're in league with this. Your heart is darkened. This is sick stuff. This is so sick that God comes and dies, gives a diagnosis. There's nothing else left to do but terminate man when he gets that far. And he did it in Sodom. And he's doing it to our economy. And he's doing what's happening across the sea. Everybody's so scared to speak about this. Why? Read 1 Romans chapter 1, 1832. Memorize it. Study it. Reread it. Copy it. Propagate it. If it's against the law in England, just make copies and pass it out on the streets. Or if you have to do like the early Christians when they pass each other, that they know it was Christian, they made, they put their hand up to the forehead and made a sign of cross on it in a hidden way. Do that. Leave it in a phone booth. Leave it in a chair. Leave it wherever you are at the restaurant. Copy that chapter. Not the whole chapter, just 18 through 32. That's all they need. You can reject it or you can accept it. But don't think because you're not part of that 
that you're okay because it says, but approve them in others. You can't approve this other. You can't say, I'm not going to do that, but I, who am I say? You're approving it. So let's get things right. Let's make all things right. And let's understand that we're in a serious, serious crisis. And as First Peter talks about, if you're one of those who are suffering, who are really gone to Medjugorje, who really converted, who reject these things, who have changed. And if you're insulted, well, First Romans, I mean, First uh, Peter says, if you're insulted for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. That's the early Christians. Holy martyrs died witnessing. I am a Christian, our lady said. Are you a Christian? We were just talking before the show started. Riaz just came back from Medjugorje. He ran across a Jewish man. And in, in uh, Israel, they had kibbutz. I've seen them in Israel. And they failed. This Jewish guy told Riaz why. And he says, if you, you know you're successful, the second generation stays. We're not passing on to our children. Those people out in England are youth whose parents may be going to church, may be seemingly good people. But we fail because we want a leisure, entertainment, usury, television, the leisures of life. And in our little fall, they fell big. And they lived for nothing there. For, for fun. For fun to go raid, rob, cheat, steal, whatever. But again, that's falling back to the issues. What is the source? And that's us. We've got to become a holy people. We've got to glorify God. We've got to be willing to be martyred for that. And it's good people are taking baseball bats and defending their neighborhood. I'm not, def I'm not saying that's wrong. But first, get your soul in shape. You've got to write by the, by the catechism to defend yourself. The catechism goes so far as it says that if you... See, bleed yourself in trouble, and if you even killed the intruder or the person who's coming there to do harm, and it wasn't so, and you innocently killed that person, or that they, they were innocently killed, that you're justified still, because the circumstances as you read that showed you that you felt your life was in danger. So I don't think we're talking about pacifism. We're just going to just be, you know, have sense. October seventh, face the Holy Rosary is about the Turkish. Domination of Europe. When the Pope comes up with the rosary to fight back. They didn't win with that fighting. So you don't have to tolerate this stuff, but your ornaments or whatever you're going to do to defend yourself is useless if you don't change your heart, if you don't reject the sin, if you don't reject the source of these things. Live the Sabbath. Reject this lifestyle. Resoundingly. If you have to do it underground, incognito, you in English, start doing this. You make copies of this verse, or this, these verses. You pass it out. Do it hiddenly, however, put it everywhere. But you change England. You're changing yourself. And you can't do it as an individual. August 2nd, our lady said that. 2011. My children... Or rather, as individuals, my children, you cannot stop the evil that wants to begin to rule in this world and to destroy it. Your world's being destroyed through these mobs. And they say it's coming to the United States. And I don't doubt that. Because you have a spoiled generation who's been given everything. Doesn't have to do anything to survive. Which is not in accord with scriptures. St. Paul says, if you don't work, then you don't eat are we doing that? No. It's the church's responsibility to take care of poor or people who don't have anything. It's not the government because the government does not have the discerning power to see if that's legitimate. The church is going to sit there and apply these scriptures. Hey, you don't work. You're being slothful. We're not going to continue helping you. All this welfare should be given to the churches through our tithe and do what we do to the church. The government has no business feeding anybody and when you do, and the more you do, it becomes socialist. And it doesn't work. I'm not talking about politics. Don't give me your garbage for those out there and say, oh, he's being political. 
This is biblical. Your political garbage is what you're doing. And even the bishops are part of this. There's socialist justice. Let's feed all these people. Let's do this. They're going to the government. They go to the churches. That's our job. Show me in the scriptures anywhere where Jesus Christ said, the government, Rome government, you start taking care of these people. Nowhere will you find it. Not in the Beatitudes, nothing in it said, nothing in the Old Testament. It's the synagogues. It's the church. It's what we're commanded to do as a people, even in Social Security. Children have always done that. They took care of their parents. It's Jesus, or rather, it's Our Lady who told Yvonne, it's a great delight or a great joy of God to see three generations underneath one roof. Or you're a drone, you're going to say, yes. Then why are you for the government doing it? Yes. The church doing it? Yes. Read your Bible. Read the messages. We've got a whole attack right now for people that are stepping back, that aren't starting to grow their own food. I read something from Observatory Romano, which is a Vatican newspaper. Uh, I didn't really want to read it. I know now it was the Holy Spirit when I started it. I wasn't that interested in it, but I was looking for something to read. I was shocked what it said. And it's saying what our future is. And I want to add something after Joan reads this about commenting about that. And we're going to go into a longer show. Frank, I know you're there, and we're approaching the end, but we're going to go extend this show because it's too important not to with what's happening in our economics, our stock markets, and why's and what and where we need to go. Joan? When St. Benedict left the city of Rome to seek God in the wilderness, he did so alone. He had no idea that he would end up by founding a new alternative city, the cloistered monastery, which became throughout the West and for many centuries the model of how people should live together. Benedict's model of the monastery as a new alternative city was one that he invented as a response to the realities of community life in a society which was breaking down. The rule of St. Benedict became, over a period of some centuries, the standard guidebook for the builders of new communities all over Europe. By an accident of history, the process started in the context of the typical Roman villa or farm with its courtyard or patio, its related buildings, its local industry or agriculture, and its traditional management of resources like water, livestock, and plants. This circumstance turned out to be a crucial conditioning factor in the history of monasticism. The concept of the cloister was not invented by monks. It grew organically out of the normal shape of an ordinary farm with its varied concerns for self-sufficiency, for good management of light and shade, and of resources like water, and for an efficient grouping of buildings with different purposes. What gradually happened was that these rudimentary and practical features became sacralized by the nature of the communities living in them. Benedict had insisted that the ordinary tools of the monastery should be treated with the same respect as the sacred vessels of the altar. There ceased to be, in the varied aspects of monastic living, any radical division between sacred and secular. The central monastic act, the celebration of the sacred liturgy, permeated every aspect of life. The whole monastery, not just the oratory, was the house of God. The several doors leading from the courtyard with its covered walkways to the oratory, the kitchens, the refectory, the workshops, the orchard, the recreation room, or the dormitories were all, in a very deep sense, equal in importance in God's eyes. The cloister thus became a symbol of the essential link between prayer and everything else, as well as being merely a practical way of arranging spaces and getting around. When people live together in the same place for a long time, they tend to use their varied skills to make the place as congenial and as beautiful as possible. Thus, by a natural and organic process, monastic agriculture became beautiful. The rudimentary farm was slowly and lovingly transformed into an echo of St. Augustine's City of God. 
Other features of daily living were similarly enhanced by art. Popular music was adapted and refined into a style of chant that has endured for centuries. Sacred books were treasured and adorned. The management of water for irrigation or fish farming was exploited in ways that were pleasant and beautiful. The cultivation of plants was lifted into the art of landscaping and garden making and became a means of celebrating the relationship between the solid and inorganic bulk of buildings and the shifting and organic life of plants. Thus, the combination of good husbandry and art became over the centuries a source of beauty. The monastic movement has as its focus the marriage of prayer and work, but the byproducts of that marriage have always been celebration and beauty. If it worked then, and the church goes through phases of renewal, and we're headed for a springtime in the church, God does it through the same methods He does before. The Garden of Eden, the agrarian way of life, everything that we have throughout history, and this shows during Benedict time what He did. And our ladies led us to that, and many feel called to that. And Satan don't want you to have that. Why? Because you can opt out of the system two ways. One is putting what you have into a means of exchange, which there's only two means of exchange in our Constitution, United States of America, which is gold and silver through the Constitution, because they were biblical people when they wrote it, and they did what God always did, which the means of exchange has always been gold and silver. You think Mary and Joseph took that gold from the three kings without going living on in Egypt when they had to flee? God provided for them. They used that. They had to have a sp- for years, they had to have a place. They just learned somebody, oh, Egypt's got a welfare system. Oh, yeah, Egypt did have a welfare system. And it is the only case in the scriptures I renege about what I said. Nowhere in the scriptures that it says about the government taking care of the people. They did that in Egypt. But the Jews were slaves for hundreds of years. And that's what socialism does. It enslaves you. So I retract on that statement. If you want to be a slave, yes, the government will do that for you. And so Satan hates this move toward the second phase of opting out. So you got the silver, the Medjugorje, Miraculous Medjugorje round, or the Miraculous Medjugorje round. And you got the second phase is to start growing your grass. Your cow eats grass. You eat the cow. That's the principle. And so DOT, the Department of Transportation, in May made a big move to make a rule change because they can't get laws passed, so they just regulate it on our farm equipment. Quote, if this is allowed to take place, it will place significant regulatory pressure on small farms and family farms across America, costing them thousands of dollars and possibly forcing many of them out of business. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, part of the Department of Transportation, DOT, wants to use new standards that will require all farmers and everyone on the farm to obtain CDL commercial driver's license in order to operate any farm equipment. The agency is going to accomplish this by reclassifying all farm vehicles and implements as commercial motor vehicles. No big deal, maybe some people say. But when people use other people's land and just move it from a truck, you're going to have to have a small truck or pickup truck, a CDL. Not only that, you have to go to get it retested every two years. Then you got to go through drug testing. This is part of the United Nations Agenda 21. Google this stuff. Look what happened while you're sleeping. The book explains this. But, and it was coming. I wrote four years ago about these things coming. So why is it that this is an attack against growing your own food? Because it's an option way of not being under the control of this evil that wants to begin to rule in this world to destroy it. It's not a conspiracy. This is all wide open. We're not talking about conspiracy. We're talking about stuff. You can go Google right now and read all this and find it. And the people. It's DOT. It's not somebody hitting some office somewhere or some skyscraper planning to control the world. We got those. George Soros. But we got our kids here. They ride tractors on the streets. They don't have to have a license. It's common law. It's always been that way. 
They won't be able to do that. You have to be a minimum age to drive a tractor on your land or any kind of mechanical equipment. A little riding tiller, a riding lawnmower. You laugh? No, this is real. This is not a joke. Go Google it. Google the blaze. They've got one article on it. I'm sure you can find many more things. It cost thousands of dollars. Wisconsin farmers employees thousands of dollars just to get behind the wheel for specialized training now. They don't only have to do that. They have to keep diaries. I mean, work hours, just like a, a truck driver over the road. Our kids would have to go over there and say how many hours they worked today. And then, then child labor law is going to come involved. Satan wants to stop you from going agrarian. This, this is just one little move. So we are in a darkened world, and we better start standing up now. Frank? Yeah, well, Timothy says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And I think that all these evils are coming from the money powers in the system today. And the money powers that control the system. And a lot of people have been asking me about what, why did silver stay down when the most safest investment, the U.S. Treasury, got downgraded? Why would silver remain so low and gold go up $100? And uh, it's, it's mind-boggling to me to, to understand the answer. Because Eric Brock, Sprott said in an interview, and I've known this for years and, and thought about this for years, but only a million ounces a day of silver could possibly be sold to investors. The physical silver market, because there's only 700 million ounces mined every year, um, most of that's going to some type of industrial application or fabrication or jewelry or, you know, this type of thing. A million ounces a day. So three trillion is lost in the stock market. And 1% of that would buy all the mine production of the entire year. The losses, 1% of just the losses that were incurred over this market crash. There's been over uh, 20% from top to bottom in most of the indices. That's a crash. And um, 2% of just the money lost will buy all the world inventories and all the mine supply. So how can it be that $40 million a day is all that can go into the physical silver market and the price went down? Because we know that logically, if the safest, the most safe haven investment uh, loses some of its credibility, then other safe investments are going to be looked at. And certainly gold and silver are, are these safe investments. How can gold go up $100 and silver remain flat? Well, the answer should upset people, and it should horrify people that are still in the paper market because it's absolute blatant market manipulation. And it has been, um, there's been ongoing investigations um, with the CFTC, the commission that regulates the futures market. There's, there was 500 million ounces traded in the futures market. Uh, it's been about the average this week. 500 million ounces a day. When the physical market for investment demand silver is only a million ounces a day. The global market for silver industrial <coughs> use and investment demand is only about 2 million ounces a day. So how, what's the natural purpose for 500 million ounces to be traded in the paper market? There's no natural purpose. Do we believe that 500 million ounces were sold because someone liked the price after a U.S. debt downgrade? This is absolute market manipulation. And when holders of paper silver realize as it gets worse and it's going to get worse, this is just August. This is a very slow time for the markets, um, and we're seeing a you know a downdraft that we would you know see in October or uh, you know a month with a lot heavier volume. This is you know very concerning and uh you know how can how can this be if this silver market is manipulated and it's a ponzi scheme where they're just borrowing silver from the slv to supply it to comics and, and this is true uh you know a documented fact that that silver that's supposed to belong to somebody 
is being borrowed. And I think the same silver is just being traded around like the fractional reserve banking system where there's just a tiny, tiny amount of the physical asset and all these paper derivatives. Some of these paper holders certainly are, at one point are going to be just tired of the paper market and want to get at least some of that into physical. Some people that have 10% of their portfolio into gold or silver are going to want to start taking possession of the real metal as the paper markets start to um, cause more concern because that's the direction we're going. There's no stopping it. Fundamentally, we should see a 20% day in October or very soon in September where the market could lose, the Dow could lose 2,000 points. Fundamentally, that's what should happen. I don't know if intervention will stop that from happening, but that's, that's the state of our economy to continue to keep manipulating money, creating money. Um, it's going to cause prices of everything to rise, and it's going to make, um, make it more difficult to, for, you know, to uh, achieve profits and so on. And it's going to, and it's also going to pinch the consumer. So, um, well, you just talked about spot uh, uh, putting stops here and there and, and trying to prop things up. And you know, the BP oil well spill was the same way. They they tried this and it didn't work. They tried the next thing and it didn't work. They tried everything they can to stop the oil spill. And these stops that they're putting in the economy, trying to keep it falling, they're doing that. BP eventually was successful, but. Reasoning, Isaiah says, come reason with me, says the Lord. If you reason this out, all the stops that they keep doing are perpetuating this thing. But it's not going to end up like the oil spill. They're not going to stop up the the oil well. This thing is going to burst wide open. And it's going to spill out over the whole world. And it's going to be what they were fearful about what that could do. This is a reality. You're not going to be able one day to put another stop up to continue this because unlike they're squeezing it down, this thing is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's no way to stop it. And the reason there's no way to stop it, and I can say that, is once you understand the source of the problem, it's not being addressed except by one entity. And I say entity not to degrade that or lessen that, but I'm talking about Our Lady, a heavenly entity, a being who's come to do this. To save us. They have lost God. They have lost themselves. A people who knows that with God, despite all suffering and trials, they are secure and saved. If you want to be safe, if you want things to work, there's two ways to opt out. Get your means of exchange. Get whatever your investments are. Invest into these rounds religiously in a holy way. It's not a sacrilege. It's not a sacrilege to have money. Why would it be a sacrilege to turn that temporal good, those monies, into something that bring conversion? Take all your investments. Take out your 401k. Do that. Put it in this now. Don't delay. You're wasting and you're losing all at the same time. What could happen to it? I heard somebody the other day say, um, well, they got their 401k they just discovered that with their 401k, they can invest it and have some guidance over it, and they can put it into metals on, uh, and uh, keep it there. But that's a lie. That's on paper. Frank just was talking about 500 million ounces a day is being traded when there's only 2 million ounces a day being mined. 1 million of those ounces are going to industrial use. The other one million is people buying physical. And we just learned that we're probably, and everything we can find out, that the miraculous metal measure around is the number one round in the world this past 12 months as far as numbers being exchanged, dollars being exchanged for this one ounce round. That's exciting for our lady. 1.3 is it 1.3 miraculous metal rounds being produced, Frank? There, there's probably been, yeah, with fractionals, there, there's probably been at least 1.3. So 1.3 of those are out there with a lady on it. And some people have put 200000 500000 $800,000 of the money into this, and they're all happy. So don't think there's something wrong with that, because you got that money anyway. 
Why not sanctify it, turn it into something when you do use it, people are going to be carrying the miraculous metal measure around in a pocket or they have it in their home or wherever they store it until they use it for the means to buy a farm tractor or whatever it may be. People may think, well, how are we exchange it? It's easy. And it's going to be easier and easier and easier because people are going to take it. Now, the suppression of, of selling 500 million ounces a day on paper. I buy this paper today at $40 an ounce. It goes up to $41, so I sell that paper saying I own 100,000 rounds. They never even put nothing on there. They don't even use even cash to do this. They're just making money. Actually, I was talking to somebody yesterday who doesn't know what we do, and he started explaining to me about silver, and of course I know about it. And He was saying, you know what people are doing? He says, they're actually buying silver on paper, never own it, never pay anything, and then turn around and sell it a week later, and they made $100,000. This game will be over soon, and when it does, and I just got called, I don't know, I hadn't verified this, but I have heard it already through several sources. The Forbes magazine just put out that by the end of the year, silver will be worth $240 an ounce. There's no way for this to go anywhere but that way. I don't know what the numbers will be. Maybe it'll be $70. Maybe it'll be $1,000. But I'm not going to be shocked if it's $1,000 an ounce. you got to start thinking, and you got to see the systems and the ways out. Oh, the government's going to try to stop this. In fact, I, I believe there's a very strong uh, interest of national security to be suppressing this from exploding. But it's going to come a point in time where you won't. So you take things underneath your autonomy within your grasp take it out of the system whatever funds you have stocks 401k whatever put it physically in there and you hold that in your home in the ground in your set wherever don't take it on paper and the second thing is is you opt out of the system and start as much as you can gradually little by little feed yourself shelter yourself do all these things yourself those two things that's why I saw both those things are under attack. They don't want you to have the silver, and they don't want you to have the government. I say they, how they said it. The evil that wants to begin to rule in this world and destroy it. I mean, we don't need any other proof. We just got August 2nd as a biblical message, the biggest message given since January 25th, 1987. It don't get any bigger than this. So with Romans, you read that. Frank, anything you want to add? Because I know we're way over on our time. Yes, um... Just that, you know, in, in my opinion, the reason that the price was manipulated and held down was because uh, silver investment demand is going to continue to pick up and snowball with increased price. And this is something that can't be avoided because every million dollars that's coming into the market, a lot more physical is coming out at 40 than will come out at 50 and 60 and 70 and 80. And the numbers that Forbes is talking about, any number... It's possible because uh, this this can really snowball. So you take what he, your net worth is, or what you could possibly put into silver, and you figure a million ounces a day, and you say, how many other of the 6.7 billion people in the world could do this before the opportunity is gone anywhere near this price? This is mind-boggling. I don't know what uh, Eric Sprott's audience is that sees this, but. These type of things getting out there, people understand only a million ounces a day, this is physical, this is finite. And, you know, you have the opportunity to do something that is very risk-reward favorable. You can't possibly be in paper and not worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. Everybody in the paper markets with the retirements and their 401k is very worried right now. I don't know anyone that understands the silver story particularly as a message, uh, the miraculous metal message going around that's worrying about anything um, when it comes to their retirement or comes to their savings. Frank, how do they get a hold of you? Okay, you can call us at uh, toll-free, 877-936-7686, or you can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Our website is globalsilverinvestors.com, and the number again is 877-936-7686. And if you got any other questions or you need detailed answers about your finances, we give biblical advice, not financial advice. We give you the philosophies, we give you the messages, we give you the angles, why. And that will give you just logic. You don't have to have a financial advisor. 
You don't have to have uh, somebody managing your money when it's all there. In the Bible. the Bible's full of this. The messages are full of this. Everything, Matthew 6 is about this. So we don't have to do this in, in that regard. So it's very important that you grasp, you, you grasp, literally grasp your resources and turn it into a way of life. Don't depend on somebody else to tell you. Your financial advisors aren't going to tell you to do it. They're going to tell you just the opposite. All the while, they're making a lot of money. And again, a few more details uh, about a friend of Medjugorje speaking. Uh, that will be tomorrow, August 12th and Saturday, August 13th in the Houston area. If uh, you are within driving distance uh, within those two areas, uh, you can find the information on Medjugorje.com or Medjugorje.com on the homepage. And uh, you'll see it on the right-hand side, a friend of Medjugorje speaking in Houston. You'll see the contact information there for the people that uh, whose homes he'll be speaking in. And if you can please contact them and let them know that you'll be going so they know what to plan for. But these meetings uh, are much like the way the early Christians used to meet in the homes. And uh, that's how the format of how this is. And a friend of Medjugorje will be speaking again uh, about a lot of the topics that he spoke about today. England... Go underground. Spread Romans 1, verses 1832 everywhere. However, make copies. Make it small. Make it tight print. Leave it on the bus. Whatever you got to do, start spreading it. After you change your life and during the time you're changing your life. We love you. We wish our lady goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.